0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Crosstalk. I am, as always, John Wayne, and uh, with me, as always, is uh, my brother from another mother, uh, my bald brethren, uh, my pastor, Jonathan, (laughs) Jonathan Raymer. How are you, sir? Fine. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Our listeners can't tell this, but we dressed the same today.
1: We did, yeah. It was
0: unintentional. Uh, So I would say we're twinning, but we have a lot of hair in different directions. uh, That's true. uh, I don't know if we quite qualify, but it's good to see you because I don't feel like I've seen you at all this week uh, Mm. prior to this recording. And so uh, it's very good to see you. Um, I'm always excited when we dive into these conversations because of all the work that I do, quote unquote, uh, this is the most fun work to do. Talking with people about uh, things they love and things that are important to them. Uh, yeah. it's just, it's such a delight, uh, and such an uplifting part of my schedule. So I don't know if that's just a glorified way of saying it's all downhill from here, but I know we're going to have a good time, uh, today. Cause we have another lovely guest for this month. We've been looking at the interest of varying ministries within churches. Um, I know it's not just a Salvation Army thing, although that's our church, uh, but all kinds of churches offer a variety of ministries in addition to the big worship of Sunday. And we've talked a lot in past seasons about worship, what it is, what it isn't, how we make the most of it and all of that such. Um, but when it comes to ministry outside of the big day, uh, maybe it's Sunday, maybe it's not. But ministry outside of the big day can take on a few different forms Um We've talked about women's ministry, we've talked about men's ministry, and today excited to talk about youth ministry. Um, generally, those are the big three pillars I think you'll find at any church you go to. Uh, if they're not doing those, I'd almost be worried about what they are doing, um, because I feel like that's, that hits on the point of pretty much everyone in your congregation. Um, and I think if you're not doing youth ministry, you're probably not going to last another 30 years. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's an important thing. I'm biased. Um, and so is our guest, because uh, yet again, we blew our budget on a lovely guest. Uh, and so without further ado, introduce Ruth Cancia to the show. How are you doing, ma'am?
2: Hey, good morning. I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain.
0: <laughs> I mean, good. I don't know what good it would do, but. All um... oh, right. right. Complaining does no good. My dad <laughs> always exactly. says no one would listen. No one
2: would listen. <laughs>
0: No, Uh, venting is very good. We encourage venting here at Crosstalk. We do it often, Um, but that's very different than complaining. We might do a series on that one day. Um, (laughs) But no, uh, Ruth, how are you? Uh, Excited to have you back. This is not your first venture with Crosstalk, actually.
2: Correct. I got to talk on James. I don't remember specifically which chapter, uh, but I got to have a conversation with y'all maybe a year and a half ago. Uh,
0: Yeah, it was was good. Yeah, it was a good time. We uh, have journeyed from book studies to uh, topical conversations, and nonetheless, Crosstalk has remained uh, such a lovely little ministry that we have here in Augusta. And so, and part of that is the guest. Part of that is uh, who decides to lower their standards and say yes to us when we say, please (laughs) share the fruits of your wisdom with us. (laughs) And so thank you for that. And so uh, since it has been a while, like you said, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do uh, with the Salvation Army uh, and all that? Yeah, absolutely.
2: So um, my name is Ruth Cancia, like John said, and I am honored to get to be a guest on this show, uh, especially on this episode uh, as it pertains to youth ministry. Currently, the seat that I sit in um, is a divisional youth secretary. And for those who are in Salvation Army, you know what that is. Uh, For those who aren't, um, I am uh, basically the youth director of all the youth directors. Not that I'm doing all this youth director work, but uh, I get to work alongside of people, men and women who are helping get the, the youth ministry and the Salvation Army on, on a statewide level um, at, as a resource. Like we're resourcing to the field. So those who are in, um, in the different cities and different communities around Georgia. I also get to uh, plan and host youth weekends, youth retreat weekends, young adult college student um, weekends, as well as summer camp, uh, a six-week summer camp program. So uh, stay pretty busy in the midst of that, getting to go and support and and be a part of the different things that are happening in the Salvation Army churches across uh, the state of Georgia. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's awesome stuff. Uh, For those who have listened, uh, you might remember we had uh, Jonathan's uncle uh, and his wife on not long ago, who are sort of like statewide pastors of pastors um, and, you know, very similar role. Uh, we kind of network ourselves very well in the Salvation Army in that every pastor has a pastor and they have a pastor. Uh, and so, uh, because, you know, our churches are everywhere and in a variety of, uh, places, uh, meeting needs of a variety of people. And so having that network of support, uh, beyond yourself is, is something important for sure. And, um, it's it's very awesome to get to work in a specific field. I think um, pastors don't always get to. It's it's interesting because I'm I'm starting to see it more in these bigger churches uh, in the past decade or so, where it's like, no, I'm the worship pastor, I'm the teaching pastor, I'm the you know it, to be a youth pastor used to be uh, oh you'll get there one day, buddy um, <laughs> kind right. of title, and now right. it's like no, this is a this is a ripe field of ministry. Uh, and so to get to, and having worked in, I know it's not that simple, but to get to work in a single focused field um, is, is pretty interesting. It's also kind of daunting um, because youth are a variety. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned it for, for us in the Salvation Army. Youth is every, well, youth and young person is everything 35 and under. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: So, uh, cradle to like quarter life crisis is our uh, spot for 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 young people ministry, um, and that's a lot because a thirty five year old you could talk to them the same as a six year old, but the the things they need and and the way you reach them is, is very different, and so, and of course, to have an expert like yourself on uh, for this kind of topic. (laughs) You are, you are, um, you know, I thought, I thought it was interesting to open up with, um, like, did you see yourself going into this? Were you always like, no, I want to reach kids. This is my motivation. This is a core value to me. Or was it sort of a ministry, uh, given to you, if that makes sense?
2: Um, you know what, to be, in looking back in retrospect, it's always been a part of my life, right? At the very essence of who I am, like, I love empowering people. I love engaging people. You know, I love equipping people with with information and resources and things like that. And um, over the course of, like, I'm a pastor's kid. And so I grew up in church. And so as soon as I could, my dad plugged me into helping you know, with Sunday school, um, I was a part of the youth choir. I was leading VBS. I mean, there were years in my um, late high school years, early college years, where I was volunteering as the youth, uh, the youth leader uh, at my dad's church. But I was working as the youth director at another church, right? And so uh, it was. There was a lot going on, and I was, in, I was right. a full time college student. There was a lot going on, but it was so much fun. And within you know a two week time frame, I did two different big. Vegas- Vacation Bible Schools Plus, I was running a summer day camp, and it was exciting. It was thrilling. It was awesome. Uh, I originally thought that I was going to get to be a teacher. I wanted to be an English teacher. I wanted to be a high school principal, middle school principal, um, because I wanted to be that advocate. I wanted to be that person who spoke on behalf of the young people, especially those who were marginalized, you know what I'm saying, or ostracized, didn't have friends, who maybe the teachers oversaw and didn't realized that they were being picked on for one reason or another because I was that kid, mm. right? So uh, one of my friends, he was like, oh, so you wanted to be a bully to the kids who were bullying the other kids. And i was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I wanted to be an advocate. I wanted to help redirect some of that high energy because a lot of those teenagers, those middle schoolers, you know, um, they just had energy that needed to be redirected. They needed to be shown like love. Some of them were probably lacking in some way, shape or form or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, in their life or whatever. Um, and maybe that we're not taught, you know what I'm saying, or and just to give them an experience, a different experience, so that they can accept and or love differently, you know what I'm saying. Not that mm-hmm. I think I could make a change <laughs> in every single school or whatever, but anyways, I ended up getting to be a Salvation Army officer, which I love, and I've been in youth ministry. So um, my first appointment, I served as a youth pastor on a team of folks, and that was the most fun ever. My second appointment in Chattanooga, I got to serve as a community center director and so there was young people all over, families all over and got to do different enrichment things for the family and and that included, you know, kids young and old, you know. And you had parents who had teenagers in my program who were the same age as me and or younger than I was, you know. I could have literally been the mother to their child or whatever. So getting to enrich families in that way uh was such a magical experience. And then Somebody called me one day and I really thought they set me up for the yogi doke. They're like, you're going to become a divisional youth secretary. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, we need to rip who thought about this? <laughs> Whose idea was this? You know, because it is so uh dramatically different, you know. Um Man, uh, and it was such an awkward time just because of COVID and the way that things went down, you know? Because mm. I, I think my time in the seat uh, would have been a little bit different if uh, things hadn't gone silent for a while, you know? Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I don't know, I don't know. I did what I could, but uh, I, I've, I think I've always been on track to be involved in youth work in one way, shape or form. It's just looked different over the course mm. of the last few years of my life, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say you know being a principal or being you know in uh, you know school leadership because I could totally I could <laughs> totally see Miss Kinsia uh, that that that's and and I love how you know you and that's what talking about these sorts of things is so uh, interesting is because you you see the kind of through threads of of where God's preparing someone. It's like yeah, even if that wasn't because of youth it 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 was because of your heart for advocacy for your heart Mm -hmm. of leadership and love and everything and so uh seeing that go from there to where you are now and where you're gonna go that's really awesome um jonathan you were also a dys um i don't know if during y'all's time y'all felt like that made sense or if it was the same thing of just like who who decided this? <laughs> who will trust me with their children? <laughs> yeah,
1: um, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say that without sounding like, you know, you're full of yourself, to be honest, um, because there is that view in the Salvation Army, right? Becoming a DYS is, is like a step towards different leadership. But I would say, um, you know, me and Amanda, we, we were DYS's from 2014 to 2017, Um and it was it was so cool uh, to be that because not because of the the position, the position afforded us opportunities to do things in a division uh, of in two states of Maryland and West Virginia that, you know, Amanda's from West Virginia. That's where we met. Um, you know, I have a, a tattoo on my wrist for the coordinates to the camp we used to run because that's where I met Amanda. That's where um, I accepted Christ was that place. It was just kind of neat to get to build um, environments where other kids and other young adults got to accept Christ uh, at uh, that camp or at youth events and things like that. So it is that fun kind of uh, it is definitely the funnest position to be in uh, (laughs) when you're on at our regional office because you're still in the field uh you know probably 3 4 months out of the year total you're you're still in the field uh, but still getting to support others that are in the field all year round so that's that's fun and, and a balancing act there too um mm-hmm. but youth ministry is that I, I you said it earlier and it's true I I can't I couldn't imagine not doing youth ministry wherever we go uh because because they're people, and, and, and oversimplify, but I, God has called us to people,
0: mm-hmm. whatever they look
1: like, whoever yep. they are, or whatever age they are. like, And if you're, you know, that that's part of it. it, it it's And I know temperaments matter, but it's like for me, obviously, my wife is infinitely better at youth ministry than me, but I'm not bad at it <laughs> because I recognize the importance of it. Um, and having that, being a little more patient, um, and 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 specifically you know in in the Salvation Army we have a uh, even more because many of our kids who come are are latchkey kids are kids that go home and and their moms working long hours or whatever like right? and so they're kind of in that gap where they're raising themselves a little more maybe than some of the other uh, families we might have and so i, I think that's uh, an interesting different dynamic towards the ministry we do there too and the importance of that and and you know i have kids i've been an officer salvation army officer for 15 years and i got kids that you know they're they still they're adults now and they still call <laughs> me and hey dad what do you think about this and you know it's that's just it's it's so amazing what god does when you just say yes Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, and taking it back to our first episode in the series, we talked about it when we talked about women's ministry, where it's not that your church has to do women's ministry. It's just that your church probably has women. Those Mm. women probably have something they're looking for. They need some sort of relational value that they're putting on this church. So why don't you turn that in on itself to love across those lines and, and, and do things that meet those needs and whatnot. And, you know, and and same thing with like, you know, hearing Ruth, you talk about your, uh, your background, your, your interests leading up to this point. I, I think it's just about caring, just about having a heart for people, um, no matter what they look like, how old or what gender they are. Um, and, and I, you know, Absolutely. Certain people are gifted in certain areas. Um, I think that stems from their own experiences in gifting. Um, just because Ruth is amazing at youth ministry does not absolve Jonathan from youth ministry, mm. right? Like it just means you do it differently. Um, and I think that's a big thing with like specialized ministries. When we look at these and we Uh, find all these things to disqualify ourselves of, well, I don't have kids or I I don't really talk to kids or like, you know, we have all these things we think youth ministry and these ministries are when in reality, it kind of just boils down to just find a way to care about people. Mm -hmm. And, And that sounds like a really big cheat of, all right, so I don't have to spend all this money on this big program. And I don't have to, I don't know what you have to do, but I know you have to love people. If loving people is just bringing the kids in, having dinner, playing some video games, cool. If loving people is just playing spades with the guys or going to a thrift store with the ladies, cool. I, you know, um, I, you know we've, we've hit on it before, but I just think that we make these ministries so much more complicated than they are. Um, and I think we'll find we reach a lot more people. Uh, we make greater impact when we just care. Uh, and the other stuff is just a vehicle to caring because I'll say, you know, the D.Y.S. is the the uh, youth secretaries of the Salvation Army that I grew up with. The ones that stuck with me and still do um, are the ones that just cared about me. The the kid from Savannah who kept starting fights in the lunchroom and. Um, you know, like the fact You'll that I still be doing that in the lunch. I still be doing that.
2: It's on brand for you. It's on brand. It's on brand.
0: <laughs> we just fight about different things now. It's yeah, just like true. put that by the context. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the I don't I don't remember any of the night programs. I don't remember one of their sermons. I just remember that they cared about me. Yeah, And I, I think that speaks loudly and you know we're emphasizing divisional youth but of course i mean youth in the local church uh it's the same deal just just love who you got yeah um i th- i think that's so so much more well applied use of our time and gifting uh than trying to be build the biggest the best the highest yeah. uh influencing um you know I, I i think it's the content of, of our heart not our programs that no matters.
2: i totally agree i totally agree uh because people in general at the very basic the uh, very basic need is to be seen and to be heard right mm-hmm. to be seen and to be heard and to be understood and i think especially in youth mm-hmm. ministry in ministry with people in general mm-hmm. everybody because you you try to figure out what, what does a man need or to be seen to be heard to be understood what does a woman need to be seen to be heard to be understood what does a child need to be seen to be heard yeah. to be understood and to know that they are cared for right? right to know that 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 to know that their identity matters that who they are matters uh to someone to anyone mm-hmm. right yeah. and then you i think once people experience that you watch them thrive you watch them Transform into some someone that you didn't even recognize or didn't know was tucked in under there. Sometimes, right? It gives an opportunity and space, freedom even to bloom into right. who it is that they can be—their the, their and come to their full potential. It, that's just in my mind, you know, um, and some of the things that I've gotten to see and be a part of and experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, all of these programs, ministries—it's all. It's all that engine to drive towards relationships and mm-hmm. building those relationships. And a healthy church is a diverse church, not just in gender or in culture or in uh, race, but also in age. Like that's a healthy church. Is that? And if if you have a real quiet church because there's no kids around, I, I, you know you you are slowly dying out.
2: Scared for you. We're I, scared for you.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, and that's the thing, because and as is becoming the trend, because for a long time, if you were around youth ministry or, or maybe if you were even just in church, you heard all the time, you know, the kids are the future of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have taken that back in the last few years to say, no, they're, they're the church now.
2: Right now. If mm-hmm. We don't
0: get them now. And if we don't get uh, reach them, love them and, and put them in places where their own gifting and passion can flourish, there is no church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, but I I think that's one thing that skews more than any of the other ministries uh, we've talked about so far, uh, how we approach it. Right. Because, um, you know, most churches will get older folks, couples, uh, maybe even single men and women. They'll kind of float in. uh, And and I think if your church is mostly made up of that you won't have a problem getting along with them and integrating them. Mm -hmm. I think kids are the thing we, we try so hard to go after and hook and get in so that we can say, look, now we've got kids. We'll be okay for 10 more years. Mm -hmm. Um, rather than like we've been talking about just reaching the kids to reach the kids Mm -hmm. because, because they need it. Um, and maybe that's uh, other churches can relate. Other people listening can relate that to m- any, and, well, no, we do our women's ministry just to say we do women's ministry. I don't feel like there's any, uh, it could apply to anything, but I think more than ever, because we view, if we can just get kids, the church will be okay. Um, sometimes that's where we miss the target on that relationship. And we're just like, let's just get them. Let's just right. get them. in. Let's do daycare, you know?
2: Right. So 100%, and uh, I, you your your thoughts and your leading like triggered two different things in me right so one we need all jonathan you too we need everybody involved this community is supposed to be intergenerational right because how are the kids supposed to learn right How, who who are they learning from? Like you don't wait till they get to a, a, a age of saturation or maturity. Oh, when you're 17 years old, then we're going to engage you in, you know, ministry and we'll teach you how to do this and you'll learn how to do that. No, like we gotta start them young. The second part of it is though, we should not be just going out after the kids. Like, yes, okay, we, we create programs and opportunity for kids to be drawn to and stuff like that, but we should be really targeting those families because yeah. that's a big thing. And sometimes, yeah, okay, the families are disjointed, you know, and you've got co-parenting situations and I get all of that or whatever. But even when you talk about like those young adults, those 35 year olds, you know, who are who are parents and stuff like that, they're not gonna want to go to a church that doesn't have anything for their kids. I'm not mm-hmm. I know plenty of my friends who are outside of the Salvation Army who are young parents, and they literally will choose a church and have literally chosen churches based upon what does the youth ministry have? Like, how does it yeah. correlate with what they're doing in their services, et cetera, et cetera? You know what I'm saying? And so I think youth ministry, you know, like drawing kids in is a big thing, but I think drawing the entire family really is ideal. I know it's not always like... We're not always able to do it, unfortunately, because the parents did, like, you know, especially in specific uh, geographic areas or, you know, specific economical, you know, backgrounds and things like that. In some instances, it's very tough. It's not impossible. It's tough. Um, But I think it's so important to have all generations, you know, um, together to make a thriving ministry, to make a thriving church. I don't know.
0: No, no yeah, absolutely. Well, and and two, there's not a science to it. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, because I, my, my mother made that choice at one point, you know, when we had a transition, uh, we lost some kids in our church that I was friends with. And looking around, it was me and the officer's kid. You know, it was mm-hmm. me and the pastor's kid were the only ones left. And the pastor's kid didn't have a choice but to be there. But my mom looked at me and was like, we can go somewhere else. Um, and we did for three years, uh, you know, until, uh, we found out, you know, more youth work was happening, um, and everything, and that wasn't any one person's fault or anything. It just churches have an ebb and a flow. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the big things is, and that's what I said, it's not a science because we can't get married to, if we do it this way, we're going to be great forever. And we just keep cycling through. You're going to find a time when that stops working or that stops reaching, and you know you have to adapt and you know that's just the life of the church Mm -hmm. um but but for sure even though my mom brought me back for me to connect me to youth ministry and had she not i probably wouldn't have stayed with the salvation army and still be here but um eventually you know she came in and and joined the home league uh women's ministry and everything and you know it was sort of that reverse Uh, engineering of I got in first, then I brought my mom in and, you know, Bob's your uncle, here we are now, 12 years later. So
1: there's a lot of stories like that in the Salvation Army where the kids started coming and uh, the parents a couple years down the road join in. Mm -hmm. Right. And and for me, what you were talking about earlier about, you know, not just bringing in kids is important. It's, it's for me, it's funny because I'm competitive. Like I like to win. No, I know. (laughs) Uh, And for me, as now being doing this for 15 years and like numbers matter more than me than they should. However, I will say like with that, like uh, kingdom building is first, always, always, always first. Right. Build the kingdom is always believed if you build the kingdom. Right. And what that means is they will come pressing my church. I'm pressing Christ. Come on. yeah, Right. Yes. Like that's building the kingdom. I believe that if we do that, God honors that and the church grows. Um, right, because when we talk about that church, we're talking about the universal body of Christ as the mm-hmm. church, right? Mm-hmm. Not the Salvation Army or the Catholic Church or the Presbyterian Church, but but the body of Christ would all of us make that up. Um, and and it becomes that kind of thing. And and with um you know, youth ministry uh particularly you know it is different uh because it's high energy it's it's all um you know this kind of like we we did a, uh, a couple weeks ago the crock on the go right and the devotional i did for them would not necessarily be the devotional i would do where i made water disappear cuz i <laughs> uh, uh cuz we did the woman at the well um but in um, living water, uh, but that wouldn't be the same thing I would do. And and there are those kind of nuances, like of 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 sculpting the the message, not taking the truth out and changing it, but sculpting the message to the audience I'm talking to. Whether that's youth, whether that's um, and that, that's not the only thing to consider. There are so many things to consider with the person sitting across from me, or if there's a group sitting across from me, well, who are these people, what are they coming from, what are their struggles, what are they dealing with, um, and with youth, and specifically youth now, I find that youth struggle with a lot more than when I was a kid, oh, like yeah. you struggle oh, yeah. with anxiety and depression uh, and those kind of things a lot more, and I know that's not necessarily what we're here to talk about, but it is a truth. that that is being dealt with more than like, when I was a kid, I don't don't know what any of those things were. Like, what what were we anxious about, you know? But now that's a real thing, uh, that it is pervasive uh, in a lot of our youth. It's certainly higher numbers than it was before and and COVID didn't help that. Uh, And so, you know, building community around these, which I think is a big part of what the church should be about, is building community around these kids so they don't feel that isolation Yes. Uh, it's so important.
0: Absolutely. Well, and it kind of goes back to what Ruth mentioned earlier, in that you know, mental, I'm one of those. This is from the Book of John, by the way. This isn't factual in any other way than the my Book name. of John Wayne, not the Wait, Book John of John Wayne. Correct. Not correct. Book. Not, okay. <laughs> uh, Be clear. Right <laughs> um, I, I think everyone uh, deals with a level of uh mental health issues uh, on a varying degree. I think that's always been true and I think it's just like you said, it's getting younger and younger when that begins. Um, and so you know, you might uh, have a lower level of anxiety, but still deal with the issue of a lot of second guessing. Was that that report right? Did I say everything? I should have said, oh man, I should but the, or or even to the higher degree of, I can't do normal things because anxiety keeps me back from them. Sure, Uh, you know I I think everybody is on the spectrum of mental health in one degree or another, and and what studies show, time and time again, is although treatment can get more and more extreme and and more and more specific, uh, it can involve everything from medication to uh, full-on professional counseling, all sorts of things, which. It's okay to have a therapist, by the way. Um, yeah. At the very least, it involves, like you said, being seen, heard, and understood. Sure. Um, yeah. When, whenever anyone's going through something, especially as it pertains to mental health, and especially when they're kids, the worst thing you can do is invalidate their experience, their emotions in that moment. Yeah. Like, why? Are, it's not that big of a deal. Stop worrying. Like. That would can cut and burn bridges between you and that kid forever. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, now more than ever, kids are recognizing the importance of mental health and they're protecting it very, very harshly. And so yet again, it comes down to those basics of which is at the heart of church, like you said, Jonathan, community. Yeah. Like, if we just look at it, like, we're not trying to do episodes by the end, and and I don't think we've uh, tried to solicit that. We're not trying to get to the point of here's ten easy steps to youth ministry and why you should do it and how to do it on budget. Like, no. Like, what it's getting down to is the church is built for community. We have something supernatural that we have experienced that is a a a solve to the ailments of the world. It doesn't take them away. You know, we don't promise that coming to church and knowing Jesus takes everything away, but we do promise that it makes it worth it. It makes it better. Like we we have an end to something that is an answer to so many of life's woes that everyone from young to old, man and woman face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we just view church and ministries in that capacity of we are here to reach people, to lower their barriers to living well, and not only living well here, but living well supernaturally and beyond. Like, if we look at it like that, I think every everything we do just gets so much easier. <laughs> like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some eternal consequences if we mess that up. But <laughs> no, 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 of course, of course. But, look, but I, I... I, I think the pressure of what church is and isn't goes away for sure.
2: Yeah, no, and I totally agree with that. And um, one of the things that, you know, just kind of think about this conversation that we're going to have this morning and like, what did it mean to be a part of a church and what did it, specifically for me, what did it mean to, to get to be a part of the Salvation Army congregation, right? Like, it gives an opportunity for community, right? Um, it it gives you a place where you can feel supported, where you can feel empowered, where you can learn. If you're not a part of sports teams and sports leagues and stuff like that, which I was not, or whatever, it gives you an opportunity to uh, learn, you know, boundaries, expectations, right, of being a part of this group and stuff like that. It it helps you um, just have an understanding of constructive use of time. Like, there's just so many things that come. It also. Being a part of church, it, like I said earlier, like being especially in an intergenerational church where you have uh, safe adults who are speaking into the lives and pouring into young kids and young adults and stuff like that, like it gives an opportunity for them to see, especially if we're doing it like authentically, right? If I'm saying, hey, I am not perfect, I struggle. Th- these are the things I struggle with without crossing any boundaries and things like that. It's it's hard. Life is hard. I also have this faith that keeps me deeply rooted. I also have this hope in something that, you know, life is going to, things are going to change. It's not always going to be the same. It's not always going to look like this. And I think having, um, having that supernatural connection, having that supernatural community of people who are authentically living life alongside you um, mm. helps with those hard things in life. Right. Helps with those difficult times, you know, it helps when, you know, uh, you're getting bullied and you don't know what to do and you don't want to tell your parents because you don't want them to go ham and go into the school and try to like, you know, cause a whole ruckus or whatever. And so you're crying in bed at night <laughs> or whatever. And so you reach out and you pray, you call on the name of yeah. Jesus. And and one way or the other, you, you realize on the, on the other side of that, oh, I made it through. And I thought that that was the hardest thing that I've ever had to deal with, you know, and then it gives you opportunity and it gives you the experience of I've gone through a hard thing. There are other hard things and it's like, I have hope and I have faith in that another hard thing can be conquered, will be, I will be victorious in that thing. But if you don't have that basis of faith, if you don't have that, that basis of um, that understanding, you know, and uh, even experience and then being able to see experience in, in living it out, but experience and seeing somebody else live it out and they're doing it, you know, in all of their brokenness, but also very wholly beautiful. Like you don't know how to do that. I don't, I will, I would never know how to do that if I didn't get to see it lived out. I think the yeah. so church is, I think it's powerful. Can, can you find those other, those experiences in other places? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And it can look a little different, you know what I'm saying? But when you talk about supernatural, <laughs> extraterrestrial, like, you know, like other, like literally otherworldly, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Cause you go through things that you didn't think you could ever go through on your own and in your own strength. Like that, I think that we get that in in the body of Christ.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, so so often, sometimes I hear when people look at certain ministries, the criticism of, well, isn't that just hanging out? Like, can you do that anywhere, anytime? You know, but when you realize there's something extra, ha- like if 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 we who are involved and if we who are leading in ministry have that supernatural connection, if we are in our own way recognizing, yo, I need I need God. Uh, and, and having him helps me live well, helps me put my selfishness aside, um, and, and, and opens up blessings and opportunities. Uh, I just want to pass that on. Like supernatural community is never just community. Like it's never just hanging out. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, I know I've had that at Starbucks over coffee with someone. I've had that in the chapel. After everyone else has left church, I had more of an experience after church there with one person than I did in the whole church service. Um, I've had that in the car ride home from camp. Yeah, like I've had that supernatural community uh, as a young person and a person um, in a variety of ways. And and sometimes, like I said, I, you know, I, I just think that if we if we emphasized that side of what church is and stop downplaying it to say well no we have to do this many programs we have to have a night service we have to ha-, you know bring out the bounce house and like <laughs> stuff's cool but
2: it's all cool know, all great
0: <laughs> it, it, it's not the thing and, and you know in youth ministry it's so easy to make the bounce house the thing mm-hmm. um you know I, and so but no i think i think We talk, we talk about, in, as a society, a lot of how important it is to reach kids and get it right young, because uh, what we're finding more and more is, you know, from that adolescence age of about 7 to 14, what happens there dictates, like, the next 25 years of their life. Mm. Um, what happens when they're young determines the kind of person they're going to be for a while if not forever, if they don't decide to ever change, and it's a lot harder to change as an adult than it is as a kid. So, you know, when you look at those odds, it does place a level of responsibility and importance on the kind of community we build around youth in the Mm -hmm. church. Um, But I I think we will get a lot farther if we focus on community in the church, love, um, and really just trying to um, like I say, open those doors to uh, living well. I, like it can look so different. It doesn't always end up being a Bible study as the way you reach kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's putting an instrument in their hands and teaching them something. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's opening up the gym for a few hours one mm-hmm. Friday night. It can look like anything. Um, but like I said, they'll always remember the heart behind what you did not necessarily what you did
2: yeah and so yeah there's definitely a level of intentionality that happens whether you are intentionally i'm going and no but there's definitely a level of intentional relational ministry mm. you know that that happens you know whether it is over a basketball or uh, a, a band a band gathering you know then learning how to 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 lear, learning how to play an instrument and i think Something that Jonathan said a little bit earlier, and I think that the, the church gets to help provide that is that some of some of our young people, you know, even if they come from two parent homes, right? Or whether they come from co parenting situations or one parent situations or grandparent situations, um these young people need healthy, healthy adults in their life, right? To help guide and help you know, point them in the right direction or even have someone to talk to. The fact that you've got somebody outside of your house calling you dad, like that is a beautiful thing. You know, people call it, you know, they're like, Oh, you're the best. You're the best. You know, happy mother's day. I'm like, mm, I, look, I cannot, I, I appreciate it. I am honored. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, I don't want to ever take that away from your mom because she went through a laborious time, you know, <laughs> world. you feel me? And so I don't wanna ever want to take that. But like it, it it's it speaks volumes to how you impacted the life of this person. It speaks volumes to how you were engaged in this community. It speaks volumes to how you were doing relational ministry, right? Because so many times, like even having both parents sometimes, you know, it's like it's you might as well have had zero because they're letting themselves in they're making their own bowls of cereal because everybody's busy things are things are happening and sometimes parents are learning how to be parents or learning how to be themselves or being confident and comfortable in who they are and you know my goodness trying to bring up a child like that's a whole different situation so having people who can carve out time whether it's five minutes five hours five years of time like impact can be made in in five seconds really
0: right well, and, and again, that's where the that importance of family ministry comes in too. Is it's not just, you know, If we find that the kid needs something, something you know uh, important and pivotal is missing for them, it's probably missing for their parents too.
2: Yeah, because they can't right. they can't give what they don't have or what they never received and or experienced.
0: Right, and so you know, coupling together uh, the last you know this in the last couple of episodes, all, all ministry to everyone's important. Mm-hmm. It's also incredibly simple if we want it to be in that lead with your heart. You know, um, if if you've got a heart for people, uh, maybe you need to do some exploration on what that looks like. Is that men's, women's, youth, family, ministry? What, mm-hmm. what do you feel called to a field or do you is it just people? We're all called to people. Sure. If that's the case, you know, where where can you. Where can you fit in? Maybe your church has something going on, but it could be better. Maybe your church has nothing going on. Um, Maybe it's time to start. Um, You know, hopefully this conversation has been something um, helpful and uplifting, encouraging, maybe even educational. That's why we paid for Ruth to be here.
1: (laughs) Can can we uh, just real quick, the bounce house thing, the bounce house thing. So uh, with that, like I I, because I know. Yeah. It's my brain. Sorry. You're, you're fine. Uh, I'm interested where it's going to go. It's yeah, it's going to go. <laughs> uh, so the bounce house, right? what well, you, we said, you know, is the bounce house, isn't the program, right? I so often the, the, the issue we have either, you know, I agree uh, community relationships, all that it's, it's very attractive. However, you don't know, you don't, you don't know you need that or that it's attractive to you yet. Right. And so going back to the bounce house, what is attractive to to youth? What is attractive to men, women? Right. What what gets them in the door? What's that sizzle so that they can have the real meat of it? Right. And that's kind of how I view uh, as much as of a a bear as it is to put (laughs) that bounce house up. Uh, And it is uh, that's how I view like a cotton candy machine and the popcorn machine. And the, you know, I mean, here in the building, we sit in like this amazing pool and, and all this kind of stuff. Why do I need that? Well, just really to kind of entice you to come in to the door so that you can see the real attractive pieces the people that are in here. Right. And that's that kind of grab. It's that grabbing them with that fun, high energy. Oh, I want to be involved in that. That's fun. And then realizing, oh, there's so much more. To it than just that. The issue becomes, which we've talked about before, uh, in in meetings and things as we talk about events, is is not leaving it at the event, not leaving it at the. Well, this was fun.
2: It was beyond.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. How do we connect it back? Anyway, that that was that was the bounce house. No, me. I
2: love that, and I love that you shared that because a couple of weekends ago, I got to watch your other half jonathan uh yeah ministry at women's camp yeah at women's camp and uh at the end of the weekend it was my first time it was like one of those things where i was like oh one and done one is my only
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> i'm out of here <laughs> but i sent uh this message i wrote up this message um to a few of my friends and and texted them and i so saw that's what that reminded me of is that I think that everyone should have people or a person in their life who's excited over them daily. I think that it's a it has the potential to change a life, or at least everyone should know or believe that someone is excited about them, or like, you know what I'm saying? Like creating excitement, yeah. you know, for them to 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 be a part of. And I think and, and I think you're right. Like the basketball, like the the spades game, like whatever. Like it's it's the thing that gets the conversation going, right? And then it just goes beyond. I yep. think that's beautiful.
0: I just don't like
1: bounce houses.
0: Oh, <laughs> hey, the and that, the last
1: one when we did the bounce house, it got unplugged and it started collapsing. Yeah, I was crazy. gonna say, to be, to be fair, I'm just bitter because of that day. Uh, <laughs>
0: but I, I hundred people and five came to church after that day, and, wow, and great you know. Day. What, and it was probably the bounce house. I still don't like it.
2: Wow. I didn't realize it was, a, I didn't realize it was subtext going on here. Oh, like, absolutely. Me. I mean, like,
0: I'm welcome, glad you picked Ruth.
2: up on it and you addressed it. Yeah, and, and,
0: here, right, and, and you know what? That's why it is a specific ministry because I can just tell them next time. I'm not called the bounce house ministry. Right. <laughs> you know what?
2: This is operating outside of my calling.
0: Right. Uh-huh. Know, this is uh-huh. just not, I, you
1: know, I feel the Lord releasing me from this. Wow, uh, wow, 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 wow. Paul said, I've become all things to all people people that okay
2: <laughs> that is a word that is a word Welcome anyway army.
0: yeah <laughs> use, use what it is there's a reason you know i have a, a friend a really a mutual friend uh jordan truesdale who uh every time he can he talks about his pizza college ministry where he just goes to college mm-hmm. and like a week before he just tells him hey i'm gonna be right here i'm gonna have a ton of free pizza just mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. that's it that's all he does and he turns it into a party because there's a party everywhere Jordan is. Yes, true. Um, Literally. So, but you know, it 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 is that that attractor. If you, I am more likely to hang out with you if you tell me there's going to be coffee, and or Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I get I get hooks. <laughs> I just think some are better than others. But whatever gets you into youth ministry. Do it because, as we have discussed here today, it's it's important. Yeah. Um. Not just to get the kids, not just to uh, put them in there and have glorified daycare, but to really, really reach them. Um, yeah. And that's coming from a kid that was reached and is now in a position where I am trusted and get to do that every day. Yeah. I'm so grateful that I get to uh, be someone who I didn't have as a kid uh, to our kids. And, you know, and, uh, that's not wasted on me. And it's not because, well, my wife is fun. It's not because I'm fun. It's just because we love them, you know, and and you, you'll get far in church and ministry. If you love people and spoiler alert, you're kind of supposed to. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll leave it on that. We have, we have one more, uh, and, and I, you know, what, now I'm scared because we have one more episode and we're talking about community ministry next week. And I'm pretty sure bounce houses are going to come up there. Too. They're definitely they going to now. They must. Oh gosh. So uh, now more than ever, Jonathan, can you pl- uh, please pray for us in closing? Absolutely. In, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Looking forward. We'll be back around
1: next week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to come and to just talk about the importance of youth ministry, the importance of community and um father we ask that you would guide and lead us um, you know the truth is uh, there are many who are who are hurting that are who are suffering who who feel isolated and alone and and we have the hope may we be bold uh, in sharing that hope with all we may come in contact with and father today give us just one give us one that we may share your love with in jesus name amen
2: amen